Last episode, when I apologized for some of the audio switching to a Discord-quality audio periodically, uh, I had a couple of people in our Discord server saying that they didn't even notice. <laughs> it just sounded normal to them, so... Uh, Maybe it's just me and the curse of being an editor where I hear every little flaw. Maybe no one else will notice. <laughs> if that's true, great. But I'm going to apologize again because it's the same issue with this episode. Had some audio issues, so uh, some of the audio in this is Discord audio. But on with the show. If you're on a plane and you've left the airport, Tune in for Time to Die Shorts. If you love to fish, for food or for sport, tune in for Time to Die Shorts. If you're going on a date with a girl you court, try necking with Time to Die Shorts. Christmas is coming, and if you like Morkborg, if you enjoy time loops and you're feeling rather bored, if you lived a poor life and now hell is in store, then you need Time to Die Shorts. Time to Die Shorts is an assemblage of short stories from the Time to Die radio network. Tune in wherever you get your Time to Die shows. As a specter, I see a lot of strange goings on. But something that truly takes the cake is an event that is happening in tonight's tale. Our investigators made their way to the University of Wisconsin in Pembine and examined the palm lounge's shards of broken glass under a microscope. You see all those little tiny cracks running through it? It means that it was shattered all at once with a tremendous amount of force. They also checked them for radiation. Looking at the readings, you would estimate that, like, keeping this on your person for an extended period of time would be very bad. Their investigation was interrupted when Dr. Greenbank learned that her office had been completely ransacked. Uh, hey, you Greenbank. Yes? What do you got stored in here that anybody might want to take a peek at, uh... This place been ransacked. What? Worse than that, they also came across the university's security guard. Oh god, oh fuck, oh god. What's in there? Uh, don't, don't come in, call an ambulance. Hey bud, talk to me, can you hear me? Hey, bud, you still there? You get absolutely no response from him. Like I said, his chest is moving up and down very ragged, but there is little to no response. His his face looks like he has been repeatedly bludgeoned. I mean, it is a mess. With officers arriving at the scene, let's return to our tale and find out what new horrors await our investigators in the Devil's Antlers.
I think at this point, um, you've all been separated and, uh, and the sheriff and his deputy are going around and, and interrogating everybody separately. Um, Dorothy, you have not had any sort of, uh, like cuffs or anything like that put on you. Like they do not discern you as a threat whatsoever. However, Dart, Ronnie, and Elliot would all have, uh, handcuffs uh, on them while they're waiting for their interrogation. We'll start with Dorothy. I think that you are probably waiting in the front seat of the sheriff's uh, squad car. Um, like it's running and, uh, you know, has the heat going so that you can stay warm in there. But uh, I think that he comes and knocks on the window and kind of motions for you to come out. Uh, Dorothy definitely jumps a little bit when he answers, or when he knocks on the door, and just nods and gets out of the car and follows him. Uh, he doesn't, like, go far. He just kind of goes back to the um, trunk of the car, and he sort of leans up against it and looks at you and twists his mustache a little bit, and he says, uh, so what exactly happened in there? Because to me, it looks a lot like uh, somebody blew down the damn doors. Excuse my language, but they blew down the damn doors, and then uh, what happened here? That's exactly what we came into. We were at my office, and my office had been broken into, so we came down to find Pat and tell him. And we heard something being slammed against the wall. And then we um, came in, and he was just laying there. And we tried to keep him awake and alive. And that's... That's really all there, all there is to it. Okay. Uh, where do you want? Where do you want me to have Gary take you? Um, we can bring you to your to your car or to your house or where do you want to go? My car, uh, probably, and then uh, I'll wait for the three people I was with. Oh, they're gonna be coming to the to the office. I, I don't believe I'm going to have be able to, you know, uh, let let them go free again, you know, especially especially the one. So, um, anyway. They're affected by this just as much as I am. They didn't even know Pat. Here's the thing, okay? I know you didn't knock down the doors, right? I know you didn't slam Pat's head into the into the wall there. Um, so I gotta go and question who could have possibly done that. It wasn't them, I promise. Look, miss, there's a bit of hysteria that comes along with seeing a body sometimes, and you know, maybe you might be misremembering a little bit. I've seen bodies before, sir. Oh, sure you have. I promise I have. I'm a professor here, and my name is Dr. Rainbank. 
Anyway, if you'd like to take down my statement as well and compare it to the three gentlemen that I was with, I'm more than happy to provide one. Okay, Gear. Why don't you get her statement and uh, I'll go in and talk to one of those uh, others. And uh, Gary will nod at him and he'll walk over and start taking his statement. And then uh, I think that the sheriff will walk into one of the uh, classrooms where you are, Ronnie. And uh, you'll hear the door kind of rattling open and the sheriff will come up and he'll sit down in one of the desks next to you and he'll say, so, uh, what exactly happened here? If you'll pardon my language, officer, but good God almighty San Antonio, Texas, what didn't happen here? There was blood and bodies and robberies and uh, a lot of the blood was on the walls and there was paint and radioactivity. I don't even know about radioactivity other than what went on in the war, but they were scanning with these noisemakers and it's just been a hell of a day. What can you tell me about Elliot Holloway? Holloway, sure. Uh, new friend of mine. What do, what, do, what do you ask him? What do you want to know? He the type of sort to get, you know, angry or have any, like, outbursts or nothing like that. I barely know the guy, but if he's going to be angry, he's had plenty of opportunity. I haven't seen it. He's been like a no-tailed cat in a room full of rocking chairs. Always kept his cool. Got it. So we're dealing with a real psychopath here. No, he was uh, studying... Uh, he was studying some sort of gamma something or other. Uh, bright boy. Don't think he could hurt a fly. All right. Uh... So what were you doing here? Well, I should also point out that I was with him the whole time. He's my alibi. I'm his alibi. We're alibis together. Two peas in a pot. Got it. So again, uh, what were you doing down here? Oh, right. Uh, you just sounded a little accusatory there. I don't like getting questioned by badges. Well, if you want to get those cuffs off, you'll answer my questions. And that would be nice. It'd be hard to tend bar and a pair of irons. All right, well, uh, the thing is, we came down to investigate the radiation, as I said. We didn't know that there was radiation until we got here. But that's what led us here. You came to investigate radiation. Why? Wouldn't you want to know if there's radiation? I'm... <laughs> you know, that stuff can mess you up pretty bad. They've done studies on it, and you could lose your hair. Right, okay. Why were you coming here? Uh, I, Dr. Greenbank, uh, suggested maybe? Uh, what, what happened there? Well, we tried to go to the school and talk to the kids, but they wouldn't let us do anything. See, I even offered to teach them some pretty impressive smoke tricks, and they weren't having it. You know, rings and the like. It's just the kids these days. I would have killed to know these tricks when I was just an ankle biter. Because they're good tricks. If I could bum a cig off of you, I'll show you. No, I don't believe I'm going to be doing that. Um, I'm a bit concerned that, you know, you're around a body now, and you're saying you were around some kids earlier. Um, yeah, I'm not too keen on bodies. You know, uh, I get to talking a lot when I'm around bodies. I get nervous, you know? 
Well, what reason would you have to be so nervous? Eh. You just told me you didn't do nothing wrong, right? It's not that. It's, uh, well, call me a little superstitious. I've seen some things with these new scientists. There's uh, some things going on in this town that are not entirely natural. You don't believe in spooks, do you? I mean, no, not, not really. Uh, Neither did I. Then I started hanging out with these two. I'm starting to have some second thoughts. All right, I'm going to go and talk to uh, one of your friends. Um, you just give me a few moments and... Uh, hey, I told you what was going to happen. You said you'd uncuff me. N- no, that's not going to happen yet. You're going to have to wait right here. Um, I'll deal with you in a little bit, okay? Could you just spot me a smoke? I just need to stick it in my mouth and then light it. I can take care of the rest myself. He'll kind of groan, but he'll walk over and he'll reach into a pocket and he'll pull out a cigarette, he'll put it in your mouth and he'll reach into another pocket and then he'll light it for you. Ugh. I'm not much for camels, but I'll take it. He'll like groan again at you as he's leaving and he'll close the door behind him. Um, I think next he will make his way over to another classroom and uh, Dart, you will hear the door rattling and you will see the sheriff opens up the door and he'll go and he'll sit down in a desk and uh, he'll look right at you and he'll say, so uh, what happened here? Dart's foot is tapping and he's, he's clicking his like, handcuffs against the back of the chair that he's in just oh that's that's something I'd like to know myself to be honest uh Dr. Greenbank and uh Elliot they said they wanted to use some of the the instruments around uh here they were looking into the glass or something I don't I wasn't paying too much attention during all that I don't you know I'm not big on the whole scientist thing but uh uh uh, I was escorting Dr. Greenbank to her uh, to over here. We saw the, the the doors were clean blown off and uh, you know, we were trying to get a hold of security and and then we saw him and uh, well, we didn't see nothing leaving so it, it, it could still be around here you know uh, you mind uh, you mind uh, just in my you know, in my uh, in my breast pocket, I got a pack of smokes. You mind lighting me up one? Might calm me down a little. He uh, leans over, grabs a cigarette out of your pocket, puts it in your mouth, and he'll reach and grab his own lighter, and he'll light your cigarette for you, and he'll say, You know, your friend is uh, pretty jumpy, too. Um, what, do you, what do you think actually killed that man? Dead. <laughs> I I couldn't tell you. Uh yeah, I mean I would I would guess probably blunt force trauma. Cause the wall looked pretty bad too. It looked as though he got slammed into the wall a couple times. We I think we heard a banging or something. Not too sure though. It's all kind of a blur. I know. Well here's the thing, um, We've been spending some time, you know, gathering up evidence. And I know you boys have been waiting here for a while. Um, and it's going to be getting a bit dark soon. 
Um, we're gonna finish getting all the statements. Uh, gotta bag a bit more stuff up. Uh, I gotta make a phone call to Milwaukee. Um, and then you boys are all gonna take a ride back with me to the sheriff's office. You'll uh, sit in the jail uh, probably overnight until you could see a judge tomorrow. Uh, that sound all right by you? I, I mean, I guess I suppose do what you got to do, but it's, I mean, I mean, Dr. Greenbank and I were the first ones that found him. Elliot and um, uh, Ronnie, Edgar, Ronnie, Edgar, that one, they, they were they were still in the other building when like when we got here. Wait, so, wait, hold on. How many aliases does that dear fella have? I, well, I was calling him Edgar, because that's what I thought his name was. And, uh, then, uh, Elliot and Dr. Greenbank started calling him Ronnie, and I, I thought, uh, that's weird, his name's Edgar. And then he said, Edgar's what, you know, my friends call me, I think. And then I stopped calling him Edgar, you know, and switched to calling him Ronnie, but I... You just jittered up right now, I guess. It's scary stuff. Uh, you know, I. You look at Dr. Greenbank, you look at me. Neither one of us is going to be strong enough to to take. Uh, 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 oh, what did she call him? Uh, Pat. You, neither, neither one of us would have been strong enough to do anything like that. I can tell you that for sure. Elliot Holloway. Uh, what can you tell me about him? Oh, not a whole lot. Uh, seems a seems a smart enough fella. He's a stranger, isn't he? Um, a little bit. New in town, huh? Uh, a little new in town, but he's got some family, from what I know. And he, I mean, just seems to be a, you know, kind of a head in the clouds fella, from what I've from what I've kind of talked to him. But he likes jazz, I know that. I know he likes jazz. All I know is that he comes into town and all of a sudden we got two bodies. Separate cities, but uh, still in my county. And uh, that makes it my problem. You know, he said something real funny to me the other day told me I should uh, call in the FBI kind of weird don't you think uh, I guess it's a little weird but you know you think about it there's been there's been weird stuff happening here before uh, before he got into town remember the two girls and the the bear with gun attack thing what there, there are two girls. They, they were missing for a couple days, um, and uh, then they were they were found dead. And there was, you know, uh, gunshot wounds. I I heard. At least that's what I read. And there was bear tracks or something. I thought I read. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Um, you said that you know the whereabouts of the bodies of Kathy Johnson and uh, Beth Pazlozny. I. I thought they were found. He'll kind of look at you like, um, no, don't, don't believe they have been. It was, it was in all the papers. There's, there's the, 
there's the girls and the, the there's the the, the the bodies and the, the there's bears and the gunshot wounds or something. And it is. I mean, I I figured it went through you. Okay. Um. I'm gonna go ahead and be right back. Okay. Dart looks very confused <laughs> at how the the sheriff's like responding. He's just like. Uh, yeah, go, uh, just, go, uh, go, go, um, uh. <laughs> he goes and he, uh, and he, uh, o- opens up the door and closes it tightly behind him, and he kind of, you can hear his foot, you, like, you can hear his boots click-clacking on the, on the ground as he's going, um, as he's going, like, far away, like, Eventually, you lose the sound of it. Like, you would assume that he went down the hallway towards, like, the office area and maybe completely out of the building at this point. And uh, you're sitting there for a little while, and it's really starting to get uncomfortable being, you know, sitting at this desk with your um, with your hands behind your back. And you think you start to hear... Like, just a slight scratching sound. And it seems like it's coming maybe above you. Uh, Dart is going to spit out the now ashed butt of his cigarette onto the one of the, the desks and kind of rub it out with his elbow and then call out, uh, uh, is anybody out there? Hello? Sheriff, you dare? It sounds like something sort of skitters down the hallway. And Elliot and Ronnie would also hear this as you're like, you're all in different classrooms, but like close enough that you would all hear this sound kind of like, like you know the sound that um, that like a dog with long claws makes running on, um, on like hardwood floor? Yeah, like a click clacky sort of slidey thing yeah but it's it's just a larger sort of sound and it's just bassier like as though something that is bigger is making it but yes that would be the gist of sort of the noise hey copper copper are you out there when he doesn't get a response ronnie's gonna stand up and uh kind of try and listen against the wall to see if he can hear the noise clearer Seems like it's gone now. I'm gonna try and jiggle the handle with my hands behind my back, all cuffed and everything, and see if I can get the door open and look into the hall. Yeah, you pop the door open, no problem. Papa? Do I see anyone out here? Um, Dart, are you or Elliot looking out of your windows at this point, or no? Uh, Dart would have moved uh, over to the door and uh, is it like a clear window or is it kind of like fog? It's those, uh, it, you know, the um, where it's got the um, like the little diamond patterns with the black. Like it's uh, just mm-hmm. like a small, like the thin looking, classroom window. Yep. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Then he he's kind of like standing off to the side and like peeking out of the the window and trying to see anything. You would see, um, 
Ronnie opening up the door and, you know, peering out and he's just kind of standing there looking goofy. I knock on the door. You'd have to probably kind of headbutt it. It'd be pretty hard to knock on it with your hands behind your back. Uh, can I, like, use my elbow and just kind of, like, thud it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you could do that. Yeah. Yeah, I thud it and try and get Ronnie's attention. Huh? Vandemeek! I'm going to try and open his door as well. <laughs> yeah, I'll take a couple steps back. Uh, yeah, it opens up. Hey, I heard something. Yeah, it's pretty easy to hear, but what the fuck are you doing getting out of your your room? Sheriff's going to come back and he's going to think you're trying to do a jailbreak or something. I was trying to get him to come back, but I don't see him. You didn't see him in the hall? I called for him. Yeah, I called for him, too. Hey, look at this one I just learned. With what's left of my cigarette butt, I'm going to put it in my mouth and make a swallowing gesture It open to show there's nothing there, and then pull it back out, still lit, and blow another smoke. I elbow him in the stuff. <laughs> the cigarette butt falls on the floor. Hey, that was my last one. The fuck are you thinking? This is no time to be jibber-jabbering about messing around. <laughs> Spent a good long ten minutes learning that trick. <laughs> okay. Well, not too long ago, we just found Pat smashed into a wall. <laughs> hey, don't remind me. I just got calmed down from that. And now, you know, we never found the shit that did it, and they think we did it. Obviously we didn't. Alright, so where's the flatfoot? I shrug at him. He's, he, he said he had to go and be right back quick. And that was good couple minutes ago. All right, while you guys are having this conversation, um, we will cut over to Elliot. What are you doing? All right, so um, this being a, a... I'm in a classroom, right? Yep. All right, so um, being a classroom in the 50s, I would assume that they would have, like, uh, probably, like, an old mercury thermometer, like, on the wall somewhere. Sure. Um, so, yeah, in the time being, I would have, uh, sort of gotten it down, for, you know, with my hands tied behind my back, probably stacked up some chairs and sort of tried to climb up there and get it down, and then I would have sat it on the, on the doorknob so that I could see if the temperature starts going up on it, if it was being irradiated, and also I would have, um, in this time, had gotten some pencils and, uh, sort of started um, breaking them and, and getting a bunch of uh, the graphite um, made into a powder and I would just spread the powder out like kind of down by the bottom of the door in case like something invisible tried to come through I would be able to see the powder move so I think that you get your things set up just as the uh, like just before the noise happens and you definitely would see signs of radiation um, on the thermometer, uh, it would get a little bit warmer. Not a ton, but yes. Yeah, and as soon as I saw that, I would uh, start to like inch backwards and, and maybe hide behind the, the teacher's desk. Um, at this point, I think you can hear uh, Ronnie and, and um, Dart are arguing in the hallway about something. You're not really entirely sure. Yeah, I'm just gonna, um, 
sit there and uh, and just kind of wait it out. And I'm like looking all over the room constantly for any sort of signs of anything and um, kind of just uh, being frozen in fear from this thing. Okay. Uh, Dart and Ronnie, what are you guys doing now? When he said the cop was going to go, whatever he said the cop was going to do, I'm going to head down the hall. Okay. You start making your way towards the, um, towards like the, like atrium area where the doors got blown open and where the office and stuff like that are. And you look around a little bit and you don't see anything. Like you don't see anybody. Um, you do notice that they have since moved Pat's body from where it was and he's now covered with a blanket and, uh, just outside of the office doors, but other than that, like, you don't see anyone. I'm gonna make my way towards Elliot's classroom. Are you gonna open up the door right away? Probably. Is Vandermeek with me? Yeah, I'm gonna be following behind uh, Ronnie much more cautiously. Yeah, I'll throw the door open then. Okay, so the thermometer would fall and break, and you would, uh, also kind of track your way through some dust. Yeah, and the mercury would scatter uh, beaded like all over the floor. <laughs> and uh, Halloway would be startled and uh, also fall on the floor himself. And because his hands are behind his back, he can't get up very easily. So he's back there <laughs> floundering. <sighs> Sorry, Frosty. You got an experiment going on? Hope I didn't gum up the works. Oh, it's, uh, it's you. Um, it was more of a precaution than, than an experiment. Um, did you see anything? Well, we heard something, but we haven't found any of the gods. Hey, uh, you're an inventor, right? Could you come up with some scientific way to get these cuffs off? I mean, we could pick them would be the, probably the easiest thing to do. Ah, classic. I like it. You know how to do that? sure we can figure it out um just need to find something that can fit in the keyhole are you guys gonna search this classroom then i would start looking for little pins okay um at this point dr greenbank um gary has uh finished taking your statement he has walked you over to your vehicle and um, has explained that you're free to go if uh, you so choose. What would you like to do? It's been it's been a while at this point, you know. Um, you guys kind of go over very intricate details of all of your statements and things like that, and um, you would imagine that it's probably three o'clock in the afternoon at this point. Like, there's only probably an hour of sunlight remaining, you know, maybe an hour and a half at most. All right. Um, what's the status on those three? Oh, I, I, I don't know. I'm just doing what the sheriff wants me to do. He told me that I should come walk you to your car and take your statement. And I have done those things. And so, uh, I suppose I should probably go check in. Okay. Um, Oh, my hands are tied. Um, so I'm going to reach into my pocketbook and take out my notepad. 
and uh, she will do that and write down her home address in Marinette on a sheet of paper and say, when they're released, uh, tell them to come to this address. It's my home address. Okay. Uh, absolutely. No, no problem. And he'll take it and uh, he'll start heading back towards the sheriff's car. Which, I mean, is just in a different parking lot across the way. Like, you can see it from where you're at. It's just relatively small. Okay. So are you going to go out to your house then? Yes. I mean, there's really not much you can do. When you arrive at your house, the first thing that you would notice is that there is a parcel. Like, there's a package in, in brown paper wrapped with twine. Um, there's a note, um, there's a note on, on the top of it, and it's, like, almost in one of those, like, gift, like, folded up sort of, uh, pieces of paper, and, yeah, it's just resting on your front porch, uh, in the, in the snow. Uh, Dorothy will, like, is there any writing on it? Is there, like... Uh, yeah, there's the there's the note that's on the top of it. Oh, shoot, yeah. Obviously. Fucking... Alright, she'll look at the note and read it. It says, Found this near the mounds. Not sure why I went back. Someone needs to get to the bottom of this. I don't think he can rest until they do. Good luck. P.S. And there is a leather-bound journal inside of the uh, parcel if you were to open it up. Yep. Or she'll she'll go inside first and then open it. Yeah, you uh you would immediately notice that it's uh it's got drawings and and various writings and etchings and just all sorts of stuff in it. It's going to take you a while to start parsing through this, but this is the book that I have already um, sent you. Hell yeah. All right, and she will uh, begin parsing through it. Okay. What are what are Ronnie and oh yeah, you guys were all looking for um, something that you could possibly. I think that you find various sets of scissors. Um, and that's probably the best that you can find to like jam in there. Um, the hell, man! Not even a paperclip. Um. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's some paperclips in there. Fuck yeah. You could try paperclips. <laughs> hey, uh, I think I got something here. Would one of these work? Um, I'm uh, actually kind of doubtful. Uh, to see the the spring tension in, in these things. It's probably galvanized steel. These. Little clips probably won't be enough to budget. We need um, something heavier duty. Well, maybe I'll have a bit of uh, beginner's luck. I'm going to try and do it behind my own back. So it's been a while, and the sheriff still hasn't returned. Like, y'all have been, you know, searching this place and and talking to each other and kind of moving around and things like that, and you have not heard the distinct click-clack of the sheriff's boots in probably 20 minutes or so. And 
So, Ronnie, go ahead and roll me uh, dexterity um, and do it at disadvantage. So roll twice, and you take the worst result. <coughs> Fail. It was a really good roll for D&D. Okay. Yeah, you cannot get it open. Uh, hey guys, I can't help but notice, uh, Sheriff still ain't been back yet. And, you know, there's, there's that weird goings on. Maybe we could head out and see if the other officers are still here, or... It's all the more What's... reason for me to get these cuffs off. I think I've almost got it. Cat! No, you know, right now, maybe, you know, make it seem like we're not trying to get out of the cuffs. Not that it matters if the cops aren't around. True, I suppose, but if they are around, it's going to look like you're trying to get away. That's going to, you know, probably pin you for for the murder. Pretty Something hard. skitters out in the hallway. <laughs> also, I would like to not be in this building for too much longer because we still never found what killed him. There's that so. thing again. Did you just hear that? Guys, I don't like this. Darts bug-eyed. I, I, I think we should probably go. Like now. I, I think we should head out now. I agree with you. Let's Let's go. Um, you start to make your way back towards the atrium, and you go, and are you going completely outside? Yep. Okay, so you get out past these doors that have been blown open, and you think that you can hear something behind you, like there's just this skittering noise, but if you turn around and look, there's nothing there, but it doesn't change the fact that you are just nervously, ju I, I assume you guys are running, right? be shuffling pretty hastily okay so you're yeah you're moving like incredibly quickly like as quick as you possibly can without risking losing your balance with like your hands behind your back and you look out and you can see that there's the sheriff's car out there and for just a second over by the tree line you see that the sheriff is is like sitting there and then he kind of folds a little bit and then just disappears into the tree line, and, but backwards. And he definitely did not move into there. It looks as though a predator like sort of just grabbed him and ripped him into it. And then you look and you can see that through the snow, there is this long drag mark that leads up to that area. And you, it immediately would occur to each of you that something grabbed the sheriff and then dragged him from that car to the woods. Hey, I think that's a bear. Okay, it's very doubtful that it's a bear, but it is very likely that we are in a lot of trouble. We've got to find a way to get these cuffs off and then we need to get out of here. Um, if we go back to the lab, I think I could break the, the links to the cuffs. Then let's get back to the lab. Roll wisdom, everyone, please. Eh. Fuck. Uh, Fuck me. Good <laughs> one for me. Yeah, I'm a big fail. It's <laughs> a 19 on the dime. Also 19. All right. Yeah, go ahead and head up to the labs. All right. <laughs> we need to turn on one of those burners, and uh, I need to check the the cabinets to see if they happen to have uh, any liquid nitrogen. The the sudden change in temperature should shatter the 
the metal. Let's stop talking about it and let's start doing it. Yes. Um, I'm gonna quickly go to the uh, sort of um, cabinets to try to find any sort of um, big metal canister that would likely have uh, liquid nitrogen in it. So you're searching through everything. It takes a very long time to kind of like maneuver your elbows to open up these cabinets and things like that. And no, there is absolutely not any uh, liquid nitrogen stored on this campus. Um, however, you're spending this time searching. Everybody else is searching with you and you would be able to uh, set up a Bunsen burner if you would like. Um, you would also find uh, various dissecting tools, which might have a little bit better tensile strength, but also if you fuck it up, you might cut the shit out of yourself um, trying to pick the locks, um, if that was something that you were going to try and uh, do. Also, everyone would hear this long guttural howl, and it just ever so, faintly carries on the wind after for a while. It's almost as if it's echoing, but not off of the walls or anything like that. It's just echoing inside of your head. And for a while there, you kind of shake your heads and you look out and you realize that it, it's been probably 20 minutes since you heard that, that noise. And cause it's, it's dark now. Like the sun is, is, is making its way down like below the trees and it's, it's getting dark inside of this classroom. You know, you have to go and, and turn on the lights and you hear the distinct buzz of them above you and everything is just foggy and, and it definitely feels like you've lost some time. Yes, something just happened. Uh, look at the clock. We better get back to that bunion burner quick. That's... It's not going to do any good without the... Um, without the liquid nitrogen. Um, we are going to have to just try to use... Pick the lock with these. And I, I kind of hold up with my hands behind me the... Uh, the uh, scalpels or, or whatever. You have to be extremely careful. Yeah, sure. Just cut me out of these things. Go ahead and roll. Uh, go ahead and roll a dexterity. All right, and uh, yeah, I'm gonna try to do his, and then hopefully once he's free, he can do the other bars. Can I try and uh, be his eyes and help him out at all? Yeah. So I will let you roll instead with a minus four penalty instead of the disadvantage then, Elliot. Yeah, I passed. Okay. Um, it takes you a while and your brain is still a little bit fuzzy and you're maneuvering this thing and Dart is, is, you know, trying to guide you and it slips out a couple of times and you almost stab Ronnie multiple times. But then it clicks open. <laughs> and you could do the other side, but uh, you get the one for now, and he at least has maneuverability with his hands, uh, you know? As soon as I hear the clink of the metal, I'm going to reach in my pocket and pull out another cigarette and light it up. 
<laughs> okay, steady the hands. I've dealt with cuffs before. No problem. I can't keep my hands from shaking. I can't hold this tool straight. Oh, God damn it. Oh, come that's, on. That's quite alright, just uh, focus on what's at hand. Okay, hold still. I got this. Calming down. I'm just gonna stick this in here. My vision's blurry. Can't even see straight. God, I could use a drink. What do you want me to roll? Uh, dexterity at disadvantage. Barely a fail. Okay. So you are doing your best to maneuver this around, and at one point you think you have it, and you start to just try and lever it, and as you do that, it slips and just jabs right into the back of your hand, and you yank it out quickly, and just this quick spurt of blood comes out as you watch it, and it's not terrible, but it, it stings, and you got it in there pretty deep. Damn it! <laughs> oh, I jabbed my own hand. Oh, that's the blood. Vandemic. Yeah? Uh, what is it? If I die, write a letter to my mother for me. Fairly certain you're going to be fine there, Ronnie. I mean, it looks kind of bad, but... Yeah. You know. Yeah, I suppose I'll be alright. I just... Gotta get this wrapped up. Damn it. Ugh. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I actually have an idea here. <clears throat> Just gonna undo my belt. There we go. Ha. I'm just gonna wrap it up with my belt. Alright. There we go, yeah. Alright. Okay, Frosty. Hold still, eh? I'm gonna take another crack at this. I think I'm getting the hang of it. That's <laughs> super fail. Okay, yeah, so you... I think at this point you don't stab anything because you know better than to, you know, really lever on this thing. You're being far more careful. And you don't think that you can get these open. Like, you don't even know how... Elliot managed to do this. Like, it, 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 it's almost as if it's some sort of a miracle that he pulled this off. Frosty, I don't think I'm gonna make it. That's, uh... You know what? That's fine. I, I think instead of uh, continuing on this endeavor, we need to just get out of here. We can deal with the cuffs later. I'll open all the doors for you. I'll, I'll, be, a, I'll be a doorman. Well, you need to be a driver, since your hands are in front of you. All right. Yeah. The sheriff's car is still out in front of the university, if you would like to go and investigate and see if the keys are maybe in it or nearby it. Yeah, absolutely would like to. Yep. Okay. <laughs> so you all make your way through the atrium past the blown open doors, and you go down... Um, you know, through the commons where the, like, large grassy area is and all of that good stuff. And you make your way to the sheriff's car and 
it's dark, but there's um, there's some lights on the campus, and it's a decent amount of moonlight. Like uh, you would say, you know, it's about three quarter moon at this point, and so I mean, it's not terrible to see outside and. You look over and you can see that, first of all, there is a body around the, the side of the, the sheriff's car. And also you would notice that there are keys in the, uh, in the ignition. Um, maybe we should look and see who this is. Is it uh, another um, sheriff's deputy? Yeah, it would. It's uh, Deputy Gary Turner. I think that uh, I think that you guys met him when um, when the glass originally exploded with the hands and stuff. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I think he's the one that put me in that room. Um, I, I'm gonna take his gun off of him. You would also see that he's got a set of keys as well. Oh, okay. Yeah, then, uh, yeah, I'm gonna use the keys to get out of the handcuffs then. Yeah, and then take the gun. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you want to search anything else on him? He looks like he's been... So he looks very similar to the body of that wise guy, where he has been fucking mauled by some sort of creature. Yeah, I'll take a mental note of that. I'm, I'm gonna check the pockets, too. You would see that there is a note uh, with an address um, out on Shore Drive here in Marinette. And I think Dr. Greenbank wrote her uh, her name above it when she wrote down the address, right? She would have definitely written down her name. Okay. Okay. So you have Dr. Greenbank's uh, address then. You would also find a wallet with uh, $25 in it. Um, also Gary's license and his badge and all of that good stuff. He's got a flashlight, um, and he's got a couple of speed loaders for his re- his revolver as well. If you would like to grab them, he's got two extra with the six rounds already loaded up in them, so he can, if he ever needed to use them. As I'm grabbing that stuff, um, I'm gonna turn to uh, the other two, and um, uh, you, you two were in the war, right? The war? No, I don't like confrontations. The war is the biggest confrontation. Uh, Dart's trying to open one of the, like, the back door of the car and not doing that great. And the fucking war? No, that was like a hundred years ago. What the fuck are you talking about? Come on, we're burning daylight when we should be burning rubber. Let's go. Okay, uh, I, I just start putting the stuff in the back seat. I've never shot one of these things, so, uh... And, uh, yeah, I'm just, like, grabbing stuff and throwing it in the back seat. You would hear something is rustling off in the woods, um, where you saw the sheriff disappear, um, earlier. I am fumbling with the keys and cranking the ignition. Yeah, it starts up, no problem. Yeah, I'm just jumping in and, um, getting the door closed. I'm like, go, go, now! Yeah, you, you squeal off, I mean, um... Like a bat out of hell. Where is, where is your uh, destination? First, I'm just driving out into getting onto some main road, and I'm gonna say, you know, fellas, I try to paint myself like a brave man. Truth is, I'm yellow, yellow to the core. Yeah, that makes two of us. 
You know how I got that house, right? I'm living here because I'm a snitch. I got so scared of the guys that were threatening me that I just... I tucked my tail between my legs and I just... rat everybody out. That's why I'm a bartender. I just snitch on everyone, left and right. I tell them all that's going on and I tell them everything I hear. I, I wasn't meant for this sort of life. Ronnie. Ronnie, no offense. But I don't think either of us are too surprised by you saying that you are a talker, okay? Yeah. Right now, you just need to focus on driving. Get us to Dr. Greenbank, because we need to make sure that she's okay, I would think. Right? Yeah? Yeah, 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 yeah. And Elliot, I'm gonna need a little bit of your help here. Get these cuffs off me, okay, bud? Yeah? Oh, uh, the key is on the keychain that's in the, the ignition. Sorry, uh, everything was happening so fast, I, I didn't... I, I didn't think about it. I just thud my head against the window a couple times. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Uh, I'm gonna lean forward into the, the front seat and um, start to try to uh, get the little key off of the, the keychain while uh, while Ronnie's driving. It's difficult. It takes you a while, but eventually you're able to get it off of the little key ring and uh, then you unlock darts cuffs. All right, and uh, like I constantly am looking around and behind us. Are we being chased at all, or no? Not that you can see so far. Um, no, seems like you're in the clear. Dart's gonna spark up a cigarette, offer one to uh, Ronnie and and Elliot, and then just uh, kind of close his eyes and lean back in the seat. I turn it down and, and instead like go into my coat pocket and, and get my pipe out and uh, light that up. And we drive. Yeah, about 15 minutes later, you would arrive at Dr. Greenbank's house. You pull into the driveway behind her vehicle and um, walk up to the door and knock. Dorothy was probably sitting like at the table or something, just looking through this, starting to slowly go through this journal. She hears that and stands up and immediately comes to the door. And so she's like holding the ball bat that she had in the trunk of her car when she opens it. Oh, guys, yeah, boys, come on, come on, come on in. You uh, might not believe this, or maybe you will. Things have... Uh... Things have gotten quite a bit worse. Please tell me you're not getting charged with something. Yeah. Well, technically, no, we're not being charged with anything, I don't think. Uh-huh. Something tried to charge us. What? What do, you, what do you mean? It was a spook, Green Bank. There was a spook in the ceiling. And it got the coppers. All of them. Dead. Blood everywhere. Oh my god. We couldn't see exactly what happened, but the sheriff, he was standing by the by the edge of the woods. Oh, I saw what happened. He got pulled into the trees. I thought it was a bear, but then we heard howling in our heads. <laughs> I couldn't get the cuffs off. Pinkerton. Huh? Pinkerton, honey, it's okay. It's all right. It was in our heads. We lost track of time. It was suddenly nighttime. We didn't even know it. Just sit down. Yeah, he's right. We we did lose time. 
at least 20, 30 minutes. Just gone. Out of our memory. Okay, let's head back to the docket then. Please, make yourselves comfortable. One second. Uh, Ronnie was uh, injured while we were trying to get out of there. Um, do you happen to have anything... Uh, uh, yes. To stitch him up. Alcohol, you know. I could use some alcohol. Yeah, that'd, that'd be great. Yeah. Dorothy will cross over to, like, the medicine cabinet and she'll pull out a basic first aid kit and then over again to the liquor cabinet and pull out a bottle and four glasses. After you get what you want, you don't want it. If I gave you the moon, you'd go tired of it soon. You're a like a baby. You want what you want when you want it. But after you get presented with what you want, you're discontented. You're always wishing and wanting for something. But when you get what you want, you don't want what you get. And though you sit upon my knee, You'll grow tired of me cause After you get what you want You don't want what you want You don't want what you want at all